Welcome to the Riverside Church Podcast. We hope today's message encourages you and strengthens your walk with God. Enjoy the message. And uh, I pray that I'm able to deliver it the way that God spoke it to me. We're going to be reading from Mark chapter 6, verse 1 through 6 tonight. And before we read it and stand to our feet, I want to give you some context as uh, what's taking place in this portion of scripture, Jesus has been traveling uh, traveling and ministering and been doing all these miraculous things. And now Jesus is heading back to his hometown, Nazareth. Can somebody say Nazareth? And at this point in Jesus' ministry, Jesus has a reputation um, of healing everyone in each city or town that he goes in. Luke 6 says that he healed everyone. John even writes that Jesus performed so many miraculous works that there's not enough books in the world to record everything that Jesus did. Isn't that incredible, right? Because sometimes we're limited and constrained and confined just to what we see in the Bible, in in, in the New Testament, in the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. But can I tell you something? Jesus did even more things than what we see in Scripture. And Jesus said, greater things shall you do in my name. Come on, somebody. That gets me excited. Like, God's awesome. He's awesome. And Jesus was coming back to his hometown. His public ministry has started. And can you imagine that Jesus waited 30 years to start three and a half years of ministry? So Jesus is heading back home. And can you imagine just how Jesus felt heading back to his hometown um, to be able to heal, to be able to minister, to be able to speak to the people that he grew up with? Can you imagine relatives, friends, family, people that saw him um, grow up? I think, just this is my imagination, I think if Jesus wanted to do miracles anywhere, it would be in Nazareth with the people that he grew up with, the people that he knew and This is Jesus coming back home. If you don't mind standing to your feet this Wednesday evening, we're going to get into it. Mark chapter 6, verse 1 through 6. So we know a little bit of where we are. Let's see how they receive Jesus. He's making it back home. Jesus left that part of the country and returned with his disciples to Nazareth, his hometown. The next Sabbath, he began teaching in the synagogue, and many who heard him were amazed. They asked, where did he get all this wisdom and power to perform such miracles? Then they scoffed, he's just a carpenter, the son of Mary and the brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon, and his sisters live right here among us. It says that they were deeply, what? Offended and refused to believe in him. Then Jesus told them, a prophet is honored everywhere except in his hometown and among his relatives and his own family. Somebody say honor. Come on, somebody say honor. There you go. Um, To honor means to value, to place value on something, to esteem something, to respect someone or something. And it says this, get this, Jesus comes back home. They were offended. They said, this is just the carpenter. This is just the, the son of Mary and Joseph, right? And because of their unbelief, He couldn't do any miracles among them except to place his hands on a few sick people and heal them. And he was amazed at their unbelief. Then Jesus went from village to village teaching the people. The title for tonight's message is this, The Code 
of honor. The code of some honor. Come on, come on, come on. Can somebody say the code of honor? Can we pray together? Lord Jesus, have your way in this place this Wednesday evening. I pray that there will be no deaf ears, no hardened hearts, God. We are all just imperfectly trying to follow after a perfect God. And thank you for your love. Thank you for your grace and your mercy that's in our lives. We love you so much, Jesus. God, help me speak. Help me deliver this. God, I can't do this without you, God. We need you every single day. In Jesus' name. And everybody said? Come on, everybody said? If you love Jesus, give him a shout of praise before you take a seat. You may be seated. God bless you. Thank you for standing. Didn't the worship team do a great job this Wednesday evening? And our, come on, can we put our hands together for our amazing serve team? And Question. I want to start off with a question. Who in here has a hard time keeping track of passwords and passcodes? Anybody else in here? Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's, it can be very hard. It seems like there's like a password and passcode uh, for just about everything nowadays, right? Like, if you want to uh, have a social media account, a Facebook, or whatever, you need a password. Um, if you want to log into your bank online and check out your accounts and everything, you need a password. If you want to shop online through Amazon, who's thankful for Amazon? You need a password. Uh, if you want to unlock your iPhone, you need a what? You need a password for just about everything. Who knows? Passwords are essential. And who knows, it's so annoying whenever you forget your password. Like, has that ever happened to you? Like, you're about to log into something, but you forget the password, and you're scrambling to reset it or find it, right? That's why they have the forgot. Anybody thankful for the forgot password button? Now, it's the worst whenever it's like the email for the forgot password is like something you don't have access to anymore, and you forgot the password to the email, and then you just go through like a... I don't know if that's happened to anybody. It's happened to me before. You know, some of us, we use the same password for just about everything too, right? But different variations, like a little exclamation point here, like, you know, a dot, like the, the, the dog's name and then the number or whatever. Like, you know what I mean? Like, we have different passwords. But, uh, you know, sometimes, even though we have the same password many times for different things, uh, we forget it uh, after we haven't used it for a while. And, uh, man, that, that can stink, right? Uh, speaking of forgetting passwords, I uh, was reading an article online um, of this man by the name of Stefan, uh, Stefan Thomas, uh, who lives in San Francisco. And he had forgotten his password to his digital wallet that he had where he held, um, you know, a cryptocurrency that he had invested a couple thousand dollars into in 2011 called Bitcoin. I don't know if you've ever heard of it before, um, but he invested a couple thousand dollars into it. And he didn't log into it for a while, and then he looked at the value of Bitcoin, and that couple thousand dollars that he put in there had turned into over, get ready, over 350 million U.S. dollars. But he forgot the password. He didn't write it down. And you're limited when it comes to how many attempts you can take when it comes to the password. And he tried multiple times unsuccessfully, and he only has one more password attempt left before he's, and if he gets it wrong, he's locked out of that account forever. Like, okay, if you feel like you're having a bad day, I've heard, I read an article saying that he was at peace with it. I don't know how you can be at peace with it. You know, I, like, I'm not trying to advocate, you know, cryptocurrency. If we have anybody here that invests into cryptocurrency and God blesses you with it, God bless you. Don't forget to pay your tithes. And, um, 
I tried to get into it a little bit, and as soon as I did it, it dipped, and I said, okay, I'm going to listen to Dave Ramsey. I'm going to have just the savings, right? I'm just going to get it going. It just wasn't my forte. I hate to be that in that position for getting that password. Who knows that, man, it can be very hard to remember every password that you have, right? And I was trying to figure out a way that I could um, help myself, you know, remember all these passwords for everything that we have going on for the church, my personal life, business, just a lot of different things. And I was able to find an app on my phone called 1Password. Can somebody say 1Password? Now, this service is not sponsored by 1Password or anything. Sounds like a commercial right now. But, hey, if somehow the CEO of 1Password is here, I, w- I, would like, I wouldn't mind being a spokesperson for 1Password. Man, you've created a great product. It's an app on the phone. Actually, I got it right here on my phone. Um, check it out, y'all. It's 1Password. And you're able to get into this app. And what it helps with, it just helps, you know, keep track of all your passwords. You keep them and store them in one secure place so that way you can access them as needed. And it's trusted by a lot of different people. Maybe check it out. I don't know. I think it's safer than maybe writing all your passwords on a notes app or writing all your passwords, um, you know, on a piece of paper or whatever. It, it's one password. I mean, honestly, it just helps me a lot. That doesn't mean everything has one password. But I can't tell you how many times um, this has really saved me and helped me out a lot and saved me a lot of time because there's nothing like forgetting the password. And in a similar way, I came to share with you today that just like this one password app, that there is one book called the Bible that has passwords codes, keys, principles that you can use to access everything that God has for you inside of your life. And that every time that we come to church and every time we open up the word of God, we have an opportunity to grab a hold of principles and codes so that way we can walk into the best that God has for us inside of our lives. And could it be possible that we're limited and that we're locked out and we're not able to access different things in our life because we have forgotten or we don't know the principle in the word of God? It's a simple thought, but today I want to talk about one of those principles. Because I've learned that God isn't a respecter of persons, but God is a respecter of principles. Amen. There are certain principles that we find throughout the Bible that God still holds near and dear and is accessible and available for us to use today so that way we can walk out everything that God has called us to walk out. And today, I want to talk to you about the code of honor. Somebody say the code of honor. And I really believe that this, this principle has the capability to radically and drastically change your life and shape your relationship with God. I want to talk about the code of honor. You know, a lack of honor is what kept the people in Nazareth from experiencing and receiving the best of Jesus. They didn't perceive him as the Messiah, therefore they couldn't receive him as the Messiah. They didn't perceive him as a healer, therefore they couldn't receive him as a healer. They didn't perceive him as a prophet, therefore they couldn't receive him as a prophet. Whenever they looked at Jesus, they couldn't see past him being a carpenter. They had become so familiar with Jesus that even after Jesus performed so many miracles, he came to his hometown. 
And, you know, people always make a big deal about where they come from and rep, right? Like, you know, they, they, they rep my hometown. Like, rappers and stuff, right? They, they're really big on it. Like, that's my city. They rap in the rhymes and everything, right? And they come, and they, sh- they feel the love of their city. And they, like, they, they say, I got the city on my back, you know? Like, but Jesus comes back to Nazareth. His public ministry has started. But they became so familiar with him that they couldn't see past him being a carpenter. They'd become familiar with Jesus. Somebody say familiarity. And in the same way, I want to tell you, if we're not careful, that we can become so familiar with relationships, blessings, opportunities, church, and guess what? Even God, that we will begin to overlook and undervalue the significance of them. The saying goes like this, that familiarity breeds what? Anybody know? Breeds contempt. Familiarity, the more familiar that we become with something or some, someone, we have a tendency not to honor them, value them, or respect them as much as we should, in other words. Like, have you ever had, like, a song, like, a song got released, it could have been a worship song, I don't know, maybe it was a worldly song or something, right? And I don't know if you're like me, but, like, like whenever I hear a song, you know, like, and I'm the type, like, I will play it over and over and over and over in the car, at home, right? It's just like, even if it's like one song on the album, like Maverick City Music, anybody, I don't know, I think they just released a new album, and I like them, I'm a fan of them, and like, I will listen to a song and drive it right into the ground by how much I listen to it, and eventually, you know what, it becomes old, And, like, I'm not interested in it. It just becomes, like, one of those things. Like, ah, you know. The song didn't change. The production was still good. Like, it was still awesome. And I'll listen to it here and there. It wasn't anything in the song. It was that I became so familiar with it. And I came to tell you today that in the same way, your marriage is still special, but maybe you just became familiar with it. Your family is still special, but could it be possible that you've become so familiar with them? Your job and your career is still special, but could you have just become familiar with it? We can come to church every single week on Sunday and Wednesday, and we can see the Spirit move. We can feel the presence of God, and we can see salvation take place. We can see water baptisms take place. We can see God do amazing things, but if we do not take the time to honor and appreciate what God is doing, it will become so familiar where it will become a drag and part of routine and just religious. We can't allow things to become so familiar in our lives. You know, I was thinking about this too. Why doesn't God like reveal everything to us, like the fullness of his glory and power and majesty and who he is all at once in our lives, right? Isn't it crazy how we progressively get to know and understand God different through different seasons in our life as a provider, as a healer, as a way maker. I know that you read it in the Bible, but whenever you experience it for yourself, something different happens on the inside of you. I don't know. I think God knows our human condition. Could it be possible that the reason God doesn't reveal himself all at once and rather over time is because he knows that we have the tendency to binge. We have the tendency to become so familiar with something or someone that we will take it for granted and that we won't 
treat it with honor. You know, I think another issue is, too, we're talking about honor, is that we live in a culture of dishonor. Can somebody say dishonor? Um, we're dishonoring others as the norm, whether on TV, uh, whether on movies, um, whether on social media or whatever. Like, you know, in American culture, dishonor sells. And you can see that through, the, 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 through like, the different TV show names and everything like that. And I think that many times we are taught and we have it in our minds that if somebody thinks different, talks different, acts different, or has a different belief than us, even if it's slightly different, um, that they don't deserve our honor. And I think a majority of America, a majority of Americans um, dishonor each other. We, we dishonor authority. We dishonor our elders. We dishonor family. We dishonor law enforcement. We dishonor veterans, and we dishonor parents. And what's happening, I believe, is that that culture of dishonor is seeping into the body of Christ and seeping into the church today and affecting the church when it comes to dishonor that we see in America. And we wonder why we're not seeing miracle signs and wonders and amazing things take place like we're seeing overseas. We're not seeing it in the Western church. Could it be possible because honor, we've allowed dishonor to come in where we don't honor God the way we need to honor God. We don't honor people the way that we need to Remember the scripture, it says, Jesus said, a prophet is with honor everywhere else, but except for this home country, they became so familiar with Jesus. But let me remind you with this, that honor is a very big deal to God. Honor is such a big deal to God. Think about the Ten Commandments for a second. Okay, so for the first four of the Ten Commandments, it deals with us honoring God, but for the last six commandments, it deals with us honoring one another. In fact, the, f- the first commandment that we see a blessing and promise attached to it is whenever God says to honor your mother and father. And there's a blessing, there's a promise that's attached to that. I want to speak to Riverside Youth real quick. Don't overlook, <laughs> right now, don't overlook or neglect the way that you talk or the way that you respond, or the, one, the way that you behave, or the way that you act towards your parents, because it matters to you more than you know, and whenever God sees you honor your parents, he can't help but to bless you. And even when it comes to our church, like, let's never forget to honor and care and love for one another and protect one another. Like, it's so important. The scripture says to love your neighbor as you love yourself, right? See, I believe that the church should be one of the most honorable places on planet Earth where people walk through our doors, but they can't help but sense the culture of honor that we carry and the culture of honor that we have where no matter what somebody looks like or talks like or what their pedigree, our title, our job description, or education have, they feel loved, they feel appreciated, they feel valued, they feel respected, they feel honored. Because I'm telling you, whenever we honor one another, when we place value on one another, it makes a difference. I like to say it like this. We honor up, we honor down, we honor all around. Somebody say up, down, all around. And we don't have that mindset. I'm going to honor this person because they deserve it because they've been good. No, no, no. We don't honor people because we think they deserve it. We honor people because we're honorable. 
Can somebody say amen? amen? Let us never become a church of dishonor. That means whenever gossip takes place, we shut it down. We're not a part of that. Whenever people are not building each other up, but they're breaking each other down, we, 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 don't, we don't allow that in our hearts. We don't allow that in, in our lives. You know where unity starts? Unity starts with you, literally and metaphorically. <laughs> Some people will say, I'm just speaking hypothetically, never heard anybody at this church say this, I want to see unity in this nation. I want to see unity in the church. But those very same people will be so rude and easily offended and will divide other people and won't show the love of Christ and they wonder why there's no unity taking place because unity doesn't start with everybody else. Unity starts with you. Unity starts with me. If I want to see unity take place in this church, let's choose to be a church of honor. And I promise you with this, when you choose to live a life of honor, you will begin to walk into things and experience things that you never even thought were possible. I'm talking about the code of honor. Somebody say the code of honor. My first and only point for you this Wednesday evening is this. Honor is the code to access. Honor is the code to access. Anybody getting this this Wednesday evening? There's some good stuff in here. I'm telling you what, y'all. Um, I wonder, I was thinking, I wonder what Jesus would have done and what Jesus could have done. You know, Jesus had all power and everything if the people um, would have honored him. Jesus said, a prophet is honored everywhere except his home country. And I was thinking about this, you know, I was thinking about how the people in Nazareth received him and how the woman at the well received him. The people that grew up with him, and then also a lady who saw Jesus as a stranger. Think about this for a second. She didn't know who Jesus was, and when she met Jesus at the well, he was like a, like to her, he was a stranger. But we know that Jesus knew everything about everyone, right? And he used a word of knowledge to tell her, hey, like, you've been, and I'm paraphrasing, I'm cutting, like, the whole conversation short, but, like, this moment was, like, a shifting point for her perspective of who he was. She, he was like, you've been with five men. You've, you've, you've had five husbands, and the man that you're with right now isn't even your husband. You know how she, you know how she responds? Probably how some of us would respond, like, you, sir, you must be a prophet. You must be a prophet. Come from God, right? And get this. Because of her perception of Jesus and because of the way that she honored Jesus and viewed Jesus, I believe Jesus, get this, did you know that Jesus' first time that he ever, ever publicly said to someone else that he was the Messiah was with the woman at the well? The first time that he said, I am he, that is, was at the, with, with the woman at the well. Why? Because she honored Jesus. And when she honored Jesus, she was able to access Jesus. And if you want to access the most out of God, people and opportunities, you must learn how to, help me say it, honor. That's why for me personally in my life, I'm just going to share something with you that I've done personally, is why if there's certain people and certain men of God in my life, authority figures, um, that I refuse to call just on a first name basis. 
no matter how close I get to them. Because I have such esteem and, and, and honor um, when it comes to the anointing, the office, the authority that God has placed over their life, that I'll say pastor so-and-so or bishop so-and-so. Because I don't want a, there to be familiarity to set in and take place where dishonor takes place. Because the moment that I begin to dishonor and things become so familiar to me is the moment that I'm limited and I'm not able to receive the best and the most out of that one individual in my life. See, I grew up in a household of honor where my parents taught me this, that we are called to honor and love one another. But isn't it funny how many times the household, the family unit, like brothers and sisters, is like the most disrespectful, dishonorable place that there is, right? But then on the other token, on the other note, we will be very friendly and very kind to people that we don't even know. I understand we're not perfect. I understand we see the worst side of one another, but we can make amends. We can say we're sorry. We can say, hey, I'm telling you what, the way that you honor one another makes a big difference. Who knows that everyone is worthy of honor? Come on, I'm going to say it one more time. Who knows that every single person living and breathing on planet Earth deserves respect and deserves honor, no matter who they are? I don't care if they come from a different background, a different country, like, whatever, different religion or whatever, I'm going to honor people. I'm going to love people. And that doesn't mean we have to agree with everything. We're going to talk about that in a second. But I want to read 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 17. I'm taking my time this Wednesday evening. The scripture says this, honor all people. Somebody say all. Love the brotherhood. Fear God. Honor the king. Honor all people. Love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the king. That last part, you're like, why is it saying, like, honor the king on there, okay? So the apostle Peter, he wrote this right here, and he's actually focusing on this chapter. Um, he's talking about how we should honor and respect authority that may be in our lives. And when he does this, I love how he doesn't just say to, to honor authority. He says to honor what? Honor all people. We have to honor everyone. I'm going to share a story with you real quick because, um, I almost didn't add this into this message, but I felt led to share it. It's about my grandpa. I never had the honor and privilege of meeting my dad's um, dad. He passed away whenever my dad was at a really young age. Uh, But I hear stories about my grandpa. And there's a story that my dad told me that I thought was hilarious and I had to share with you that kind of ties into the subject. So my grandpa, he was a successful businessman. He had a number of businesses in Victoria. Um, came to Victoria in the 70s. He had a jewelry shop. He had a barber shop. You know, built the Riverside Convention Center. There, at the very end of his life, um, he had a net worth of over a million dollars in real estate and property and everything like that. And he did pretty good, like you know, for himself. And he had a number of jobs. And there was this one time that he was working on the job site, and I believe it was something with um, concrete. And whenever he was at the job site, he had his workers and different people that were there, and he looked just like average guy. He didn't get dressed up. In fact, he was very uh, frugal, very humble. Like, if you saw him, you probably wouldn't, you know, really know, like, who he was and everything and how successful he was. And whenever he was at the job site, this guy pulled up in the truck, and he saw my grandpa, and of course, my grandpa was Mexican, as you can tell. So he was like, hey, Paco. Hey, Paco. He didn't know him. That's not my grandpa's name. Like, you know, hey, Paco. Hey, come over here. So my grandpa walks over there to him, and he said, hey, tell your boss, and like, you know, can you, like, you know, there's some people that don't 
guess that you speak English. I can imagine them enunciating your word. Tell your boss. You know, just, I don't know. Maybe he didn't say that. Okay. But I know he said, hey, tell your boss that I can do all this right here uh, for like $500. And I love my grandpa because my grandpa always carried a wad of $100 bills on him. Like, I think like at least $1,000 in hundreds all the time. So my grandpa, he pulls out the wad of cash and he, one, two, three, four, five. He gives it to the man. He said, tell your mother you work for Paco now and walks off, man. Come on, man. Isn't that guy cool? Isn't that guy cool? Apparently he did the job and, oh my God, I thought it was so cool. Woo, man, I felt like we would have been good friends right there. Hey, that's for you. Um, but the moral of the story, or what was the moral of the story? I'm just kidding. I know what the moral of the story is. Um, the moral of the story is this. We need to honor every person that we come in contact with. And then one of the reasons why, this isn't the reason, but one of the reasons why is because you don't know who you're talking to many times. Reminds me of the story, like the TV show Undercover Boss. Anybody ever seen that TV show before, right? Like, oh, my gosh, there's this funny, like, YouTube video, Key and Peele. Like, I don't, okay, I know Key and Peele don't have the best stuff, okay, whatever. But, like, man, there's an episode of Undercover Boss on there. It's so funny, right? Like, you've seen the episodes where, like, somebody will, like, they'll be disrespectful to the boss and everything. And then the moment they find out they're the boss, they're just, like, like, you know what I mean? And, like, tell them the sobbiest story and everything. It's just so funny. Like, you know what I mean? Like, okay, this is what I'm trying to say. We should be the type of church that treats every person that we come in contact with with such dignity and respect where it doesn't matter if it's the janitor, it doesn't matter if it's the CEO, it doesn't matter what person we're talking to, waiters at restaurants or whatever, you have to understand you're an ambassador for Jesus Christ. You have an opportunity every single day to show the love of God and represent Jesus Christ well to the world. People are watching you whether you realize it or not, and the way that you honor and the way that you show love and the way that you treat other people matters. It makes a big difference. You know, I think one of the reasons that we dishonor certain people in our lives is because they don't act right, they don't act good, or maybe they dishonor us. And because they don't honor us, we don't honor them. But could it be possible that the way that we see them become honorable and respectful back to us in our lives is not by fighting fire with fire, but by being honorable that compels them and causes them to act right? I don't think it's a coincidence that the Bible says, bless those who curse you, pray for those who persecute you. In other words, there may be people that may out-trash me, but I will never let them outclass me. I'm going to show honor. Come on, turn to your neighbor right now and tell them. Tell them. They may be able to out-trash you. Come on, turn to your neighbor. Say, they may be able to out-trash you, but don't let them outclass you. And of course, like I said earlier, just because we honor someone um, doesn't mean that we have to agree with everything when it comes to their views. In other words, I like to say it like this, caring doesn't mean condoning. That's just, it just helps me remember it because like, you know, it rhymes with the words caring, condoning. Condoning means like agreeing. So like, just because I care for someone and love them and respect them doesn't mean that I agree with every view. You know you can be like have a disagreement with someone but still honor them. Even in your marriage, there's going to be disagreements. Okay? Like I know I'm not married yet, but like you're going to have disagreements. There's going to be some bumps in the road. 
but you can still be honorable and respectful to the other person. Question tonight. We're about to come to a close. Um, how honorable are you? How honorable are you? Are you easily offended and not willing to humble yourself in order to honor others? Like, I want us to think about honor for a second because I think sometimes we, like, I ask you that question, are you honorable? It's like, yeah, I do good things here and there, you know, and I, I do good things, and, you know, I, I'm obedient to my authority. But I want us to think past honor being just outward actions. True honor, godly honor is more than just outward actions. It's an inward attitude. Because you do know that you can do honorable things with a dishonorable spirit. You can do honorable things. Mom, like mom and dad tell you, son, take the trash out. Ugh! Like, you know, take it out, everything. Wash the dishes. I hate my life. And you're doing it. And I ask you, do you honor your parents? Yes, I do honor my parents all every day, every day. Thank you, God, for my parents. But but is that really honor? Okay, now I talked for the youth. Now let me talk about some parent, like now some of the adults and I'm gonna get everybody in here. Hey, Chris, today we're having a tough day at the job site. Would you mind um, helping pick up the slack in this area with these guys? And, okay, I'll go there. I'm going to go do I'll go help him. He's my boss. You know, I have to do this. Oh, man, I'm getting paid for a lot more than this. I don't know what that kind of work that is right there. I was used to washing the dishes. Man, do I have to? I'm, this is, man, I'm bigger than this. I'm better than this. Man, just, oh, just, I did it. I was honorable. Oh, I signed up for growth track. Here we go. Oh, I'm signed up for parking lot right now. Here we go. Let's, let's do it. I'm holding a sign outside. I served in parking lot for over eight years before I even stood on this platform to preach. I don't need you to clap for me. I'm not looking for applause. I don't, I don't do this for the applause. I do this for the cause. I don't want to do everything I can to lift up the name of Jesus and help you in your life. I want you to grab a hold of this code. I want you to grab a hold of this principle. I know it's simple, but honor matters. And it's out there like, ugh, I could be on stage right now preaching. I have so much more in me than this. And people come in and, because we not just dishonorable towards things and opportunities, but you can be dishonorable towards people. And I guess my question is, not just when it comes to your outward actions, but when it comes to your inward attitude, how honorable are you? Because if you do things and you take action, but if you have the wrong heart, because who knows, man looks on the outside, but God looks at the heart. God looks on the inside. I'm thinking of Moses. God told Moses when the people of Israel were in the desert, Moses, speak to the rock. Water will flow so my people can drink. It's paraphrasing. And Moses, he struck the rock twice. And guess what? Water still flowed. It still worked. I mean, he didn't do it exactly to the T, but like it still kind of worked, right? And because of his attitude and because of his anger, God said, you can't enter into the promised land. 
because of dishonor. He was limited because of his dishonor. He was obedient to a degree, but there was something going on in his heart. It's like I think about like the code of honor. I think of passwords like, you know, like there's certain passwords. Isn't it annoying when you have like your certain set password and then it says, you need a special character. You need this number. And like you can have everything word for word, but if you're forgetting one number, if you're forgetting one exclamation point, one special character, you're not able to access it. I think the same could be said about our perspective of honor. It's much more, we can be, our heart can be kind of off, attitude slightly off, and we can be missing out on the blessing of God and the access that God has for us. Oh, I'm coming to church right now. I'm here. I'm honorable towards God. But then we come into settings like this and maybe we look around, we begin to judge people. Why are they here? I saw what they put on Facebook. I saw what they said. Like, you, you ain't sneaky. Like, you know, or like, just like, you know, we, we, it's an act, but there's still something wrong in our hearts where we're not being honorable towards God and honorable towards people. Oh, man, I know this is a little stronger right now, but it's okay with you guys. We're just flowing right now. If you want to live a shallow and limited life, then do things with a dishonorable spirit. But if you want to live a blessed and favored life, then do everything with an honorable spirit. If the code, if, if honor is the code to access, then dishonor is the code to limitation in your life. Are you honoring your wife? Are you honoring your children? Are you honoring God? I mean, I'm not saying to be perfect. We all make mistakes, but can I tell you something? The way you honor people makes a big difference. And I believe that honor is the currency of elevation in the kingdom of God. When you honor people, there's never a wrong time to honor people. Come on, stand to your feet this Wednesday evening. Anybody receive this word? Man, I hope you got something out of it, y'all. Honor. Somebody say honor. My prayer is that we would be a church full of honor where we honor God above all, and we honor every person to our left and to our right. And you know what honor means? Honor simply means to place value on someone. When I value someone or something, I love them, care for them, protect them. And when we honor like that, we can see supernatural things take place like never before. Let's not let familiarity set in. It was familiarity that kept Jesus from performing all the miraculous works within Nazareth. All because Jesus didn't fit the criteria they put on him. They got offended and dishonored him, and by doing so, they missed out on many miracles, supernatural power. And But I came to say something right now, and we need to be reminded. We read the scripture. The people should have known Jesus was much more than a carpenter. He was the Messiah. He was the Son of God. He was God in the flesh. He was God incarnate. Jesus is the Lord over my, I'm telling you right now. Thank you, Jesus. Can we go ahead and bring honor to his name right now before we go? Whatever you feel to do in this moment right now, let us be a church of honor where we know how to honor God. We know how to respect God and I think that the Holy Spirit 
was moving on somebody's heart this Wednesday evening. Maybe you feel a leading to apologize to someone that you, you dishonored and make things right and to repent. Whatever it is, the Holy Spirit knows. I'm going to pray over you real quick before we go. Lord Jesus, thank you for every person underneath the sound of my voice, for every person that's watching online, Lord. Let us be a people of honor. Let us be a church of honor, Lord Jesus. We know, Jesus, that you are Lord. We know, Jesus, that you reign supreme, Lord. We bring honor to your name, Lord Jesus. You aren't just our Savior, Lord. You're our Lord, and you're our Master, Lord. So right now, in Jesus' name, I pray that we would honor each other like never before. We would honor our wives. We would honor our families. We would honor honor our loved ones. We would honor strangers, God, and that as we honor people, God, we're going to be able to begin to step into things, God. We're going to be able to access things, God, that we never thought were possible, God. We know, Jesus, that you are worthy right now, God. Could it be possible that we've come to church services, God, but because we haven't placed the value on you, because we haven't because we haven't respected you the way that we need to respect you, God, that you we are limited, God, on experiencing the fullness of your presence. So right now, Jesus, Right now, if you have to give your life to Jesus, if you want to give your life to Jesus right now in this moment, this is the time, this is the opportunity to make things right. Just right now, tell him how you feel. Tell him how much you love him. Just repent. Come on, put your faith in Jesus right now, even online, watching at home. Jesus, we love you. Jesus, we honor you. Jesus, we glorify you, God. Work in our hearts, God. Do what you got to do, God. We love you so much in Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. You know, I'm, I'm thinking about this. It just came to me. Isn't it fitting how Jesus was named and called a carpenter? He, he was named, he was, he was a carpenter. Can you imagine the woodwork that Jesus would have done, right, during that time? Can you imagine having a chair? Like, who made you that? Jesus. And it's like the perfect chair, like, you know, just like the dining room table and everything. And can you imagine you know, I don't think it was a coincidence that Jesus had that career path, that he, he went down that road. You know, because I'm, I'm reminded of the scripture where it talks about how before we take the plank or before we can tell someone how to get something out of their eye, right, a, a, a splinter, a twig, right, or whatever, a splinter in their eye, we can do much better if we get the log out of our eye. We, we can do so much more if we can get this out of our, we can honor people a whole lot more if we first evaluate ourselves and, and evaluate our lives. And maybe you've had an event, maybe you've had offense, maybe you've had bitterness, maybe you've had a grudge, maybe you've had unforgiveness, maybe somebody hurt you, maybe somebody dishonored you. And you're looking at things, but you can't see things clearly because you have this log in your eye and your perspective and your view has been tainted and affected. Let me remind you that there is a carpenter, that there is somebody by the name of Jesus Christ who is a woodworker. And there's not any log, there's not a branch, there's not a splinter, there's not a twig that he can't take out. Just give it to him. Humble yourself before him. Allow him to transform you. Allow him to 
make you. How am I going to love people, Caleb? How am I going to love my wife? How am I going to love my family? Because God loves you. For when we, we can love because Christ first loved us. Thank you for listening to today's message. If you liked what you heard, be sure to subscribe and share it with a friend. For more information about who we are, visit RiversideChurchTX.com.